BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In the center of the Planet Eternia looms Castle Grayskull, ancient fortress of mystery, its power sought by the dark forces of Snake Mountain, sanctuary of sin and sorrow, ruled by the demon Skeletor and his evil acolytes. Hey everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, doing something a little different this week. We are going to be talking about Masters of the Universe Revelation. Revelations? Revelation? Who cares? We're talking about the new He-Man show on Netflix from 2021, the year of our Lord, Kevin Smith. And this is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. Singular revelation. There's only one revelation to be had. If any more revelations happen, it is out of bounds. I'm Gina (laughs) Ippolito. And we are talking, we decided to do something a little different with the show because there are five episodes of the new Masters of the Universe a TV show that's on Is Netflix. That it? Oh. There's only five episodes of the first part, and then later they're going to drop the five episodes of the second part. So we just figured this is right up our alley. This is a show people are talking about. Let's do all five episodes and we'll just alternate them with the G.I. Joe Extreme stuff that we've been doing. And let's just have some fun with it. I no, don't know where this I am. Is, I don't know what's going no, on. No, this is what Ray agreed on because <laughs> Wait a uh, minute. this is absolutely not in our wheelhouse. We never watch shows because other people are talking about them. Yeah, minute, but we, He-Man. A, He-Man is a, a show we've done several times. We're not a zeitgeist podcast, Ray. Mm-hmm. We're the least mm-hmm. zeitgeisty podcast. Right, we might be the least. So let's let's put on a little bit and see how we like it. Take it for mm-hmm. a walk. Yeah, Break I see in what this is shoes. all about. This guy trying to like beef up our patreon no nah, our it. patreon got Just... beefy when people heard gina wasn't going to be on the show <laughs> <laughs> oh now you've done it oh yeah now you've set off her air quotes bronchitis <laughs> yeah Ooh. It, oh it was the laughing that did it 
<laughs> Laughter is the worst medicine. Old COVID mm. Mary over here. Thank goodness I didn't look at my house look, anymore. In case, first of all, I don't have COVID. I think I think it's just bronchitis. But in case any insurance companies are listening, I don't have COVID. <laughs> That's that's a fact. You can look it up. I got so a we calling COVID her... test from the Walgreens drive-thru. There you go. <laughs> are we calling her Gina Ipilovid 19 now? Is that what we're doing? Wow. You had all that time while Gina was talking to come up with something <laughs> no, better. No, I, than... I felt strong about it. Ugh. Maybe that's on yeah, me. It's it sounds a little too much. It reminds me too much of fallopian tubes, and I don't, okay, you I know don't what? like it. No. I mean, to be fair, fallopian uh, tubes, a funny thing to say out loud. Gina Ippolopian tubes is pretty great, though. I'm oh, I would go with that. Oh yeah, I got my Ippolopian tubes tied, and so now I can't have kids anymore. Oh man, if okay, now I like it. If if I'm responsible for fewer kids being born, then I like that nickname. Here we go. Yep, yep. There it is. So you guys might have realized last week. uh, Of course, we did the live show. Find your fate, Operation Dragonfire, book two of the Find Your Fate, Choose Your Own Adventure style book series of G.I. Joe. Gina Ippolito, unfortunately, had just come back from the East Coast, and she was just wrecked with what we'll call bronchitis, and she was not able to join us. Uh, weirdly enough, as soon as I posted that Gina Ippolito would not be on the show, three new people joined the Patreon and all joined the show that day. Oh, for real? So- <laughs> Oh, so I, they, I don't, I don't know what to make of this. They didn't want me, is what you're saying. They did well, not want me. Technically, you would have already had to have been part of the Patreon in order to see the message saying that Gina wasn't going to be uh, on the show. So I don't know wind. if these two are connected, but it feels connected. <laughs> Look, I uh, uh, when I was in New Jersey, I saw, uh, I saw a couple of friends from high school. We went to the Jersey Shore. Uh, and I happened to so one of them had seen a post that I had made about how I'm on WikiFeet, which led us to WikiFeet, oh, where I where I discovered that there is a new picture of my feet on there. There's a new Whoa. one. Uh, uh, and I don't I don't know. And and the weird thing is that it's not as far as I can tell, it's not one that I posted on social media. It's just one that someone took of my feet. Oh boy. Uh, and, and so, you know, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, if people are joining the Patreon, the least we could do is give them pictures of my feet. I mean, look, Gina, unemployment's been tough for me and I've had to make some ends meet. All right. (laughs) This is just like that episode of hacks. Oh Lord, hacks! Oh my Is goodness! It, anybody? Anybody? Zeitgeisty. No, it, we're getting me. real zeitgeisty okay, here. That's fine. It's a good show. It's, Smart it's is, on my is to watch list. An American but I'm treasure. Currently watching ten other shows because I decided to do a new thing. Oh God! Where I watch, where I watch something on each of the streaming services, and then I rotate them. So I go, I go Netflix, what? Amazon Prime. Hulu, what is, why? Disney what? Plus, this and makes then no HBO. Sense. What is going on? <laughs> oh my goodness. Jesus. Look, I, 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 I live alone. I have to find ways to entertain myself. Right you know, now, you, that I'm, is cycling through the different mm, streaming oh no, you're, you, You were delightfully eccentric. You're <laughs> dangerously close to peeing in jars, Howard Hughes style. What? Just because I'm watching different shows on different streaming services? <laughs> Yeah, you may as well. You, Chance, right? You may as well be peeing in jars at this point. Yeah. Look, there's there's certain things that certain like I, like I've got I've got I'm I've got Arrow and the Flash on Netflix mm-hmm. for for some stupid reason. I started to watch Mr. Robot on Amazon oh my Prime, God. Mm-hmm. 
which I had watched the first season of and liked. Uh, you know, Disney Plus has got uh, is is rocking the um, Bluey, the Avengers cartoon, Bluey. Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the animated series. HBO, I've got way too many go- things going on. <laughs> oh well, you know what else Netflix has? It's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe reboot. Never heard of it. Masters of the Universe Revelation. Now, this is done by Kevin Smith. And I, uh, well, we're, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit here. But Chan, what did you think of this opening sort of, I wouldn't call it a theme song per se, but an opening video telling, but it, it's to your liking, I would hope that it tells us where we are and what we're doing. You would hope, wouldn't you? I would hope that uh, you would like it, yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. Is this is does this happen every episode? I don't believe it does, but I could be wrong. Oh, that's true. Because Netflix the, the usually skips the intro. Yeah, like this whole in the center of the universe, mountain turning, oh. Grayskull castle. Because if it's if so, too, I doubt too it. Much. Every, everything I will say, everything about this. You know, I hadn't watched it yet, and I only watched the pilot. And everything about this pilot and this show screams that it was made for streaming. Uh, because because spoiler well, alert, there's not, there's, there's <laughs> not much meat to the pilot. And if you were doing that in a a like once a week we drop an episode thing, I I don't think people would have continued watching it because it's 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 in that weird spot where it's like it's not really for kids it's sort of for the nostalgia crowd who which is us who grew yeah, it's up for with, us it's literally for grew us. up with it so like if you're a kid and there's a thin plot like it's fine kids are stupid you know they they don't know what a plot is they just see shiny things on on the tv but if you're an adult and there's a thin plot you know, like there, there's like I basically I was left after this episode being like, did I just watch an entire episode? What the hell was that? Not that the episode was bad. It's just it's just there's not it, it's just very clearly setting up the series. Yes. Versus like like, you know, there's not there's not much character development. There's not much story development. It feels like you don't it think it feels like the first five minutes of a movie. And wow. like, that's not, you know, like that, that's what it felt like. It felt like, oh, this is the, this is the setup to the things that happen. That's what I thought about it. Interesting. Wait, I'm just curious. Yes. Did you expect both of us to be super into this show? Yes. That's what I thought. I started to hear in your voice. Uh, 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 you seemed a little blindsided and believe me, you're going to get a lot more blindsided oh. as we go along. Guys, I didn't, no. Here's the thing. I will say, I I sort of expected to love this too, uh, and there were there was a lot of stuff that I liked about it. I really dig the voice acting. I really dig the animation. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, and, and and all in all, like it improved upon the shortcomings of the original show in, yep. in certain ways that we can get into. That being said, the the fact that like it's they they just sort of throw you into it mm-hmm. and then there's like fights and there's and there's like this thing that happens and and then it's over and i i wanted more from it especially knowing kevin smith and knowing like what a great writer he is and knowing how much he he loves this property Clearly. i was expecting more and then that but that's why i think if you go into it looking at it as if these five episodes make one movie versus oh this is the this is episode one, and then this is episode two. 
Like I, I don't, I, to me, this isn't the ideal way to watch it. The ideal way would be to binge it all at once. That's, I mean, to be fair, I did watch it one episode at a time and then took time off in between them until I got to the final two episodes, four and five, then I watched them in a row. Because once you get to, isn't that right? When you get to a series that you've been watching and you know the next episode is the last one of the season, you just push forward. You just do it, right? Like, oh, there's no, I like there's no to delay it. it. I like to delay it. Oh, you're, you're, a, you're an edger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I if I know I'm close, I wanna I wanna pull back a little. Because <laughs> uh, well, I don't I, want I, it to end. I don't want it to end. Well, one of the things that I've I had really thank you. <laughs> one of the things I really appreciated about this show is, and I, I've been talking about this a lot with a lot of different properties and remakes, because now that Gen X has the reins of Hollywood, we don't know what the fuck to do other than shit we had as a kid. That's my working theory right now. And that's why which everything's I, getting rebooted. Which here's the thing. I I mean, I love it. I love that. Also, you know, like as as someone who wrote on a revival of a show, uh uh I I enjoy it. I'm not one of those fucking grumpy pants magoos that's like, why is everything a reboot or a revival? I'm like, yeah, give me all that sweet, sweet fucking nostalgia into my veins. See, uh, I agree and, with you. And, and this, like I said, this did improve upon upon a lot of stuff in the original, and I thought the voice acting was dope. I, I agree. I mean, completely. There's a few different things here. Is one, uh, obviously, Kevin Smith loves the property, and I think that if you're going to do a reboot, you have to put someone in charge of it who loves and respects the property, right? The original, like those Spider-Man movies, worked because Sam Raimi thought Spider-Man was an important story to tell and wanted to do it right. And other things like the the Fantastic Four movies, clearly the person doing those didn't give a shit. The, the rebooted G.I. Joe movies, which we haven't talked about a lot on the show, but the, the two live action movies that came before Snake Eyes clearly were being made by people who didn't give a shit. And it comes across in the final product like, well, if you don't give a shit, why should I? So I love the fact that He-Man really took use of its rich history. They really showed you sort of an animation style and picture uh, ideas that, that I want to see in the way I imagine it. And their use of tertiary characters and pulling out all these really like Stinkor will show up at some point. You know, we got Moss Man in this episode. We got, what's his name? Clawful. I mean, all of these sort of just like moderate characters all, you know, get an appearance and all get a little moment to shine at various points. And I just think that's absolutely fantastic. When you have How a pantheon of, them got uh, of characters big. <laughs> What's that? Some of How them many of them were yet. dragged out just to get murdered? So you'd be like, oh, okay. this isn't my father's, or I guess my, this isn't my He-Man. But, but here's oh, the yeah. thing. I did, li- I did like that they, that he, he clearly knows what, what people like from the original though because like yes. wh- like the first thing i noticed was that like they that like orco's an ass and everyone hates him and i was like yep. yeah that's uh, like i love that they kept that people are sort of fed up with orco and his bullshit yeah you know and and like cringer was was exactly the same uh uh so i thought that he did a good job of keeping keeping enough the same and then making slight tweaks like i really i really did dig that Prince Adam looks different than He-Man Very in much. this one. Like like that he's sort of like a scrawny kid that you would not expect to be He-Man. Because in the original, it was just like, oh, who's this like huge buff guy? I don't know. Is he maybe Prince Adam, who's also a huge buff guy that looks yeah. exactly the same? No, because so, Adam like, wears I a like white the, t-shirt. 
Yeah, I like those. I like those small changes. He looks younger. It's similar to Shazam, if you will. He looks like a kid Fair. version of of uh, He Man. Uh, Gina, we were not talking about your uh, pedo tendencies on air, <laughs> so people don't know that Look. you wanted to uh, bone the kid version of Shazam. <laughs> Gina, to no, say no before you send the cops to my house i want to bone zachary <laughs> levi uh but As a I child. only if but he I has don't... the mind of a child <laughs> <laughs> i specifically said not when he has the mind of a child oh okay uh, i got very confused okay. by that my mistake that was that was on me but I do, I do like that, you know, like he's, he's skinny and scrawny and then, and then he's like this fucking buff, like dude, that's like six years older. It, it sort of helps suspend the disbelief that people, people don't know it. And also, you know, the other thing is very, which, which, you know, Kevin Smith is very, especially since his, his daughter turned, you know, got, got older and he started putting her in things. He's very aware of female characters and how they were treated yep. in properties that he loved and one of the things he does well here is the the women are the most fleshed out in this episode like even yep. even fucking evelyn like sheds a tear at some point and you're like oh shit like evelyn's got some shit going on prince adam's mom secretly knows he's he's he-man but never like told her husband so there's some shit going on there mm-hmm. uh, you know like uh uh um the the Sarah Michelle Geller character, what's her Tila. butt? Tila, like she she's sort of front and center in this, and it's all and it's all all about her and things like that. So, I, like he does do a lot well. Literally, the only thing that I thought wasn't done super well was the plot of the episode. See, felt, I, I don't know. I, I don't agree me. with that. I don't agree with that. I guess, and, and we'll get into the plot thin? as we go. No, it, I it could, is thin. I could sum up the plot in like two sentences, and if I said it, you would be like, "Yeah, that's that's the prologue to a movie, right? That can't be a standalone episode." And and I guess maybe because I've seen the other four episodes, I kind of got a vibe for where they were going because you talk about Tila Sarah Michelle Galar, and she is like she is going to be front and center of these five episodes. Like we are going to follow her journey through this, and I think what what Kevin Smith sought out to do with this is he said to himself, "What if we just took the world of He Man?" And we removed He-Man and Skeletor from the mix by killing them both. Where does that put the other masters of the universe? What happens to the world of Eternia if we choke out the magic and remove the two most powerful characters in it and then spin from there? And I think the whole purpose of this first episode, to to your credit, uh, to your point, is, is to get us to that point. So it is yeah. really more of a prologue than a full-on episode, but as a standalone episode to reintroduce us to the world, to show us, yo, people are going to be getting murdered here, you know. Oh, by the way, you know, we have this big surprise ending, spoiler alert, that He-Man and Skeletor both get killed at the end of the episode, leading us yeah. into a thing where Tila gets pissed off to find out she's the only person who didn't know that Prince Adam was He-Man. She's rightfully pissed and quits her job that she just got as the new man at arms. Like there is so much to love here and it's so in, it's so enriched. I, 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 dis, I, I agree with you to the point where yes, it is a little thin, but I, I guess I see it as serving a different purpose than you do. But that's not, here's the thing. That's not, that's not a pilot though. Like that's not, you know, like what, what you, what this pilot did was like 
is a prologue. Like it's not Correct. either either make it an hour long episode for the pilot that like leads into these other episodes, or just do it as like a as like a like have those five episodes be a movie, but don't call that a pilot. Like it's it's just not it it, it had, you know, like it it was just so it was just so thin that it barely had even like like a plot lines and b b plot lines and c plot lines like it's just not like like if it was an hour long i would i would have really dug it if that was if they hit that point that they hit there like mid episode instead of end of the episode and it Fair. was it was more there was more sort of setting up of what was going on and 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 things like that but the fact that that was one episode and the like, I see what they're doing. I see what they're setting up, but trying to sell us on the fact that that is a that is one episode is not like again. If it was if it was something that you're watching, just like week to week, I would be like, that's it. I feel like I I you know like went to Burger King and got a small fry and went home. <laughs> you did, but that didn't leave you wanting more. Like where where do we go from here? Because I think no, that is the entire point of this episode. Off. Well, if you I can't eat home, more than a small fry at Burger King for crying out loud. What are you? If, if I get uh, home and there's only small fries available, I'm pissed. Man, nuggets are ten for a dollar forty nine there, Gina. So I think that's what I think I'm saying. That's your I'm saying I, yeah. Listen, when I when I order when I order McDonald's, I'm getting. I'm getting fries. I'm getting nugs. I'm getting at least the cheeseburger. There's probably mm-hmm. an apple pie in there. There's a soda involved. If you're just giving me the fries, I'm I'm probably going to switch to Wendy's. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Chan, how did you feel? Well, let me let me open up the, the plot a little bit here. Because, Gina, I thought you'd be very, very happy at the anti-fireworks message uh, present right here in the opening <laughs> scenes of the show. Yeah, I'm Team Cringer here. Yeah, I'm really you know, not. I think I think organized fire again. Organized fireworks are fine if you're my stupid fucking neighbors who are just like setting off illegal fireworks. Not fine. But if I'm at if I'm at you know attorney if I'm in Eternia and everyone's like, hey, there's a huge ass fireworks show that we've been setting up for months. I'm in favor of that. Uh, but in fact, Tila did not know that there would be fireworks. She specifically says, yeah, she uh, um. Uh, she was gonna. What? what is, she was gonna like. Uh, bring oh, out call the out because the, yeah, that's true. She was out on patrol. Now, it, what is it? What is a man's home, but not his own castle? So perhaps the people here in this realm set off these fireworks, not alerting the other kingdoms around them. Perhaps Gina, they are the dicks after all. It's not quite no. as organized as you think. A castle's not like tons of people live in a castle, and and it's a it's a it's a you know countrywide celebration that they're doing i assume there's free food if you're giving me free food you can set off fireworks yeah it's a celebration just a small fry it's a celebration for tila's promotion but nobody told tila there would be fireworks that's insane that is very weird i like i think maybe it was supposed to be a surprise for her because i think she she does she clearly doesn't realize that they were going to make a big to do about it Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, she she seems like the type of lady that was like, "Oh, I don't need a fuss." But then everyone's like, "Let's make a fuss," and she was like, "What? You made a fuss for me?" Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and to break it down for people at home, Tila is like Prince Adam, He Man's childhood friend. She is a very, very capable combatant general, uh, fighter, 
And she is right now in the process of ascending. She was an orphan uh, taken in by man at arms, who is sort of the second, the second, you know, the right hand man of, uh, if you will, of He-Man, uh, who works as sort of like the leader of the guard for King Randor of this, uh, this land. And King Randor is He-Man's father. There you go. It all works out together. Tila is now ascending to the role of man-at-arms, and there's a big to-do about it to be had. And Orko is there, too. And we all love Orko. I'll be honest. I liked Orko better here because he didn't feel like such a dumb shit. He still didn't know anything, but it it seemed like it came from a more grounded place than dumbass Orko from the 80s. Well, they actually do. They and and again, this is sort of smart writing on Kevin Smith's part. They do when push comes to shove, and there's like a bit. There's a big battle. He does. He does he rally, in. and he has sort of a redeeming moment because because in the original, it's sort of like why why are they keep it like why do they keep this guy around? Why do they let him do anything? They should put him in a home with like Jello pudding to eat and <laughs> be like and like so then when he's like I used to do magic, you could be like yes, Orko, you you used to do magic, and here you know they set up the old the old running bit from the eighties from the eighties cartoon where he's te- he's terrible at it. Yep. Anything he tries to do, he's just sort of a mixture of bad at magic and scatterbrained. But here they give him a redeeming moment where you're like, oh shit, okay, this is kind of why they keep him around because because when it's life or death, he he can sort of go to bat, yeah. Uh, which I which I, I like thought that. was a good upgrade from the original where he never did anything. Yeah, and and here and so we cut over to He Man going to Castle Grayskull, which is sort of on the other side of the land, and he. I mean, <laughs> it's like. A mile and a half away because you can yeah. see <laughs> the can fireworks see over there. Yeah, so. you can walk it, but you'll be a little sweaty when you get there. It's just a yeah. real inconvenient distance. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not right next door. Uh, it's not as close as your local Starbucks. It's more like as close as your local Sonic. It's it's the distance between my place and Ray's place, which I will walk to <laughs> when I watch the cats. But yes. I require some uh, time in the AC when I get there to cool off before the walk back. And I usually regret it because I don't want to do that that mile-long walk back. I mean, who could blame you? <laughs> who would want that? That's what Lyft is for. Um, <laughs> so He-Man is not at the celebration. He's bringing two of these other characters, two minor characters, Clawful, and another guy, this purple dude who I completely recognize but could not remember his name for my life. And he yeah. is taking them in to uh, the sorceress at Castle Grayskull as prisoners. And it all turns out to be a gigantic uh, ruse where it turns out that uh, Clawful is actually Skeletor. It turns out that the purple guy is evil Lynn. And it also turns out, surprise, surprise, se- secondary twist, He-Man is actually, I think his name is Fakor, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like, like that. Fake- metallic he-man character and sorceress is like i didn't think for a second skeletor y'all didn't fool me that was a bad trick and then the he-man fake or dude grabs her and he's like did you see that biatch and i was sort of like whoa skeletor is competent i love it yeah this was this was again uh this was another thing that they they took a very common thing from the 80s version went slightly deeper because having one of the characters be Skeletor, you know, like a very that that's a very surface level thing that they would do in the 80s cartoon. But then having it, you know, like having sorcerers be distracted by that ruse 
and not seeing the other one was a nice added layer that that I was it. again I felt like okay this is this is this is a good extra layer uh I genuinely thought that was He-Man. Yes, I did too. Uh because we were tricked because like He-Man's right there and he delivers it and then all of a sudden it cuts over to Adam being over at the party and you're like, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that was that was a nice bit of a nice bit of storytelling. I will also say this all happened so fast. Yeah. That this this is part of the part of me sort of feeling like like the the plot was thin because they they dive right into it. Like there's no it's just like party, He-Man's over here doing this thing. Oh shit, it's not He-Man. Yeah. Uh uh all within the first like couple minutes. So I, I would have loved if they had sort of spent more more time with it. A little I don't know. Bit, I, you know. I guess they figure you already know who these people are because you're watching this. And if you didn't, they gave you like a two minute pre- preamble to explain all this stuff to you before you get started. Not, to at least refresh your memory. But it's not for the purpose of, oh, we don't we don't know them. It's for the purpose of tension building. Like it almost right, it happened so fast that it was just like, oh, shit. All right. I guess that just happened. Versus like, it would have been cool to see some, you know, some back and forth between the sorcerer and this fake He-Man. Uh, uh, but instead, it's literally they walk the guys to the door. The sorceress is like, hey. And then they're like, fuck, psych. And I would have loved for it to like build a little bit of tension of, you know, like He-Man being like, oh, I, you know, like here, here are these two guys. And they trash talk her a little bit. And then because it, it would have had more of an effect if you... Because you're obviously expecting something to go wrong, but right. the fact that they 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 did that and then immediately did the other one, it it didn't build the tension in the way that it, it could have, in my opinion. Because I felt they just kept heightening the situation over and over again. Because I also love Skeletor's plan with the double triple fake out using the shaping uh, uh, the shaping staff in order to conceal their identities. But then they knew that Sorceress was going to be able to put up a little force field. So they were like, yo, we brought everyone from Snake Mountain. We brought an army to attack the castle while I'm also attacking you with the three of us. And so Sorceress, you're not going to be able to withstand that. It's too much. You'll be overwhelmed by this overwhelming show of force that I brought. And yeah, you can manage for a while, but you're not going to be able to manage for very long. I just, I love this plan. And you guys know me, I love when bad guys are competent. I just, yeah, it but, makes me so happy. But again, they they don't let anything land. They don't let anything land before moving on to the next thing. It feels like they're throwing everything at you all at once. It, it would have been fast. great for the, it would have been great for the sorceress to like take in the fact that, oh shit, like, have I, have I lost a step? I didn't, I saw this, I saw this, you know, psych out, but I didn't see this. I didn't realize that wasn't He-Man. Like, what does this mean for me? Oh my God. Like, okay. Like, like see her sort of contemplate it and then, and then get her gain a step back. Like as she's formulating a plan before then hammering her with the fact that even if she does come up with a plan, there's all this other shit going on. The fact that it's like, Hey, that's not, that's really Skeletor. Also, that's really He-Man. Also, we've got an army. No one thing like is, is, has an, has any sort of emotional resonance of like, like to me, the best plots are the ones where, you know, you, you see, oh, she, she's got a shot. Like she's, she's fucking rallying. Yeah. They sprung this on her, but look, she's doing X, Y, and Z. 
before you then get the rug pulled out from you again. This was this to me was just like someone pulled the rug out. And then while you're laying on the floor was like, I'm going to pull the rug out again. And it's like, who cares? I'm already on the floor. <laughs> Fucking pull the, like you already, you got the rug in your hand. Where are you pulling it out from motherfucker? I mean, we got to talk about the fact that this person has two rugs on their floor, one on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, that's that little, doesn't make that's any sense. Sus. It's crazy. That is a little bit weird. No, I would say this, this episode definitely doesn't take the time to breathe uh, in any particular yeah. moment. It does. And, it does. They got a lot of, of stuff they're trying to get through. And, and I, I will agree with you there. I would have loved a little bit more time to linger. It's a Netflix show. It doesn't have to fit under a certain like commercial structure. So you could yeah. have taken a little bit of extra time to let some of these battles play out further, to let the moments breathe a little bit more. And I, I will 100% back you up on that. And it, fe- yeah, it just, it feels very sort of like ADD. Like someone was like, oh, and then this happens. Oh, crap. And then this happens. Oh, and then this happens. And you're like, okay, wait. Like the, 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 the outline is there, but I need some, I need some, you know, bones filled in right now. You just got <laughs> floppy skin. That's fair. Well, we cut back over to the castle and I love the fact that King Randor takes a shot at Prince Adam. Uh, I don't have the chance. I don't know if you have the exact line queued up, but I just wrote here, King Randor shots fired. It's something to the effect of yeah. just like, man, I'm glad someone here isn't disappointing their parents. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He says something along. That's parental yeah. pride, Adam. Something I hope I can feel one day as your father. Jesus Christ. Damn, dude, that's cold. What the fuck? Okay, okay. Yeah, go for it. Here's the thing. Um, I've been largely quiet because uh, I watched this when, I don't know, a month ago or uh, a a little bit ago. And I was like, um, I feel like I'm coming in with some. Uh, preconceived notions one i thought shira was amazing sure. and so i honestly was like uh well if it's not gonna stand up to that then why even bother so like i probably came in a little too hot with it and so i was like okay you know i'm gonna step back i'm gonna watch it again for you know uh knowing it's half the podcast and then we'll see what what's what and it still didn't connect with me uh, and then Gina apparently had some shit to say about it. So I was like, oh, I'll sit back and see what Gina <laughs> says. And maybe I'll figure out what it is because I didn't know what it was that I had the problem with. And uh, like, I am the person who's like, where is the original stuff? This is poo poo. I don't want nostalgia. Um, <laughs> and there is so much nostalgia that's been thrown at us, you know, uh, the past 10, 20 years or whatever, sure. that it's become its own form. And now those forms, you know, like the the self-aware nostalgia has sort of worn thin. So now if you're going to serve that to me, like really mix it up because like I need to see something new. I don't want to see the exact same thing again. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm there for. Uh, that's not the nostalgia uh, kick that I want. Um, so the thing that, the problem that I had with this is that it is all plot and it is basically a prologue, which is fine because it is a, a streaming show. So you are going to get five episodes, 10 Mm -hmm. episodes or whatever on the dump. And that can just be, you know, part of the whole and not a a, a piece in and of itself. Uh, Just the half hour that we watched is not good. There's it's not character driven at all. It's just a bunch of like, plot points set up uh yeah. because like That's so many have of these the same issue with it basically yeah it sounds like it sounds like and, and and here's the thing i will say that like they it felt like they put 
a, a lot of good ingredients on a counter and then never made dinner because like that, that, you know, the whole, I do like the fact that they give each character a little something like clearly, you know, like Prince Adam has sort of a fraught relationship with his father, which will be, which will be very interesting going, going forward when his father thinks, oh, he's, he hasn't sort of stepped into a hero role that I would have loved for him to do. Oh shit. He's He-Man who I really admired. How's that going to play out? I like the fact that his mom knew but didn't tell the dad and now has some guilt over that. I like that the sorceress is is clearly Tila's mom. Like they gave each of them you know a little thing, but it feels like they it feels like a lot of ingredients that they didn't put together. And and like I I got to admit I don't I I still like TV to be like, you know, full episodes. Like, like if you think of something like, let's, let's use Ted Lasso as an example, each episode still has an, you know, an A storyline and a B storyline and a clear beginning, middle and end. Mm -hmm. Whereas this felt all like all beginning to me. And so you can use all the justifications you want of, well, it's, it's meant to be binged. It's, it's five episodes. It's sort of more like a movie than anything. But I, if 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 you're giving me a TV show, I want it to be a TV show. I don't want it to be, you know, like a, a prologue that then I, I have to watch the next episode before I'm like, OK, this is good. Well, it's, it's funny you bring up Ted Lasso as an example, because Brendan Hunt on Twitter just a little bit ago said that the intention for season two, and it's not the way it worked out, was for it to mirror the way season one came out. Apple TV with season one of Ted Lasso dropped the first three episodes at once and then yeah. trickled out the others week by week. And they were told and had the expectation this is how season two was going to work. So they actually wrote the first three episodes of Ted Lasso to be taken as one one piece and then episodically after that, which is why it's kind of bounces between characters. It is all over the place in the first three episodes of season two for Ted Lasso. So it is interesting to me that, that you would use that example. I would argue uh, to your point, Gina, that each of those episodes of Ted Lasso holds together as a coherent single thought better than maybe this episode does where it serves to like serve up what we're going to see from this point forward. I, yeah. I, I here's the thing. I have not watched Ted Lasso season two yet, so I'm thinking oh, of season wow. one. God damn it! I, I was, see it as they intended. I was just basically picking a show that's not an hour long streaming show, and and is it and doesn't usually run long. That's sure. around the same same length of this to say they could have done an actual pilot with actual storylines. To me. This and Kevin Smith has an interesting has an interesting uh, credit at the beginning uh, because I, I I'm not quite sure how many actual non movie things he's written. Let me just say that uh, uh, because this this to me felt like it was written by someone who didn't quite quite know that you're supposed to have you know like it's supposed to sort of be self self contained and. And it, like, like as, basically, I guess what I'm saying is if someone wrote this pilot and I read it, I would be like, I don't, and it wasn't Kevin Smith. I'd be like, I don't know what the shit this is. There are no, yeah. there's no A plot. There's no, like, I guess you could say the A plot is like rescue the sorceress. Uh, and like the B plot is Tila, like 
graduating this thing, but there's no, within those plot points, they're each supposed to have a beginning, middle and end, which they, they don't. And it's, it's irritating to watch something that's not written like a pilot should be written knowing that it it was written that way and got sold because there are big names attached versus because it was really well written like the pilot episode of Ted Lasso which is a fully contained story. Absolutely. It's fair. I mean that's totally fair. Um, I mean well, and yeah, yeah you can uh, uh you know, because it is uh, streaming, I, I mean, I, I would argue that some of the problem that they had um, with the backlash from the pieces of crap online and like, yeah, too many women in this uh, is because they didn't um, release all 10 episodes at the same time, which huh. is not a great call on their part, I feel like. Huh. But uh, um, more importantly, like, um, yeah, if we hadn't done this for the podcast, I would not have watched the rest of the episodes. I watched one wow. episode and it didn't it didn't stick with me as a thing. I was like, Oh, well, if it's going to be like this, then I don't yeah. want it. So yeah, I, what I, super I will say surprising that I, to me. I did not realize we were going to be watching all of them. And I had a moment. <laughs> I had a moment. How many where times I was have like, I put this in our chat? <laughs> listen, I don't, you guys are talking technical shit. Half the time, half the time you're That's talking true. about your offspring no. playing together. I don't, I tune it all out at this point. Yeah. Uh, if we don't have a picture of like, hot 22 year olds <laughs> then gina does no, not to the no look if, if, it, if the chat changes to like cute animals or food i'm a, i'm on board uh so every single time, time i have to, all you every need single to do time, next time is like I, post a picture of a sandwich and then be like oh by the way we're watching all of he-man then i'm gonna be like see. sandwich and he-man i got yep. it i got it all i have to do is find pictures of zachary levi Put them in our chat as a I'll child. Get Gina's attention, but only a, only eating his a child yearbook pictures. Look, eating if, a he's, sandwich. if he's eating a spaghetti sandwich and petting a cat, I'll listen to whatever you have to say. GI Joe will return after these messages. Who are you? I'm Manny Faces with the power to change from man to robot to monster. Oh no! Man, man. He-Man sold separately. Hi, old friend. Hi. He-Man, he's your friend? Friend and ally. He's just kind of weird sometimes. In specially marked packages, Manny Faces comes with five extra weapons. He-Man and Manny Faces each sold separately. Part of the Masters of the Universe collection. From Mattel. Now, back to G.I. Joe. But but I will say I had a moment where I I was, you know, like I, I I enjoy cleaning up my Netflix currently watching queue so that it's only what I intend to keep watching. And I had a moment where I thought, should I leave this in currently watching or should I remove it? And I, I kept it in, but I, I ultimately said I'll remove it tomorrow because I, I'm not motivated to watch the rest of it. And and my I was a huge He-Man fan when I was little. Wow. I just did not think this pilot was was well written. And and again, once I watch all the rest, I might think as an overall thing, it's great. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of streaming shows that are like, now you gotta immediately watch the next one. Uh, I will say again, love the voice acting, love the art. Mm. But, uh, uh, I I really enjoyed the soundtrack throughout, and I realized at the end it's because it was Bear McCreary. Bear McCreary. I will I will listen to in literally anything. Uh, like he's he and Michael Giacchino are my two my two 
you know, goats on any, on any TV show. So all of the, again, all of the ingredients are here, but it, it feels like someone came in, dumped them on my counter and then was like, you make dinner. Whereas I'm like, I thought, I thought I was going to get a spaghetti sandwich delivered to me by Zachary Levi. Interesting. Well, let's talk for a second. Thank you about uh, the the voice cast here, because as far as celebrity voice cast go, because they don't use a ton of VO actors, they use some, but it is a lot of uh, more of a celebrity uh, uh, cast because you've got Sarah Michelle Galar as Tila. You've got Lena Head Hetty. Real quick, uh, do you think yeah. her name is pronounced Galar? It no, is. He's pronounced doing Galar. it to be. He's doing it to be funny. She. See, the no, first she, time I thought she, it was she, a joke. She has said it's pronounced Galar, and we can all choose to pronounce no. it Geller and be wrong, but that's not what she wants. And I'm all about calling somebody what they choose to be called. Chan. Nope. Nope. You this can look is, that up. This is false. Lena Hetty was, uh, uh, what is she, the, the queen? 300, yeah. Well, so I'm talking about from Game of Thrones. She's the Queen Lannister. Oh. Uh, she plays Evil Lynn, and she's fantastic. Mark Hamill, of course, is uh, Skeletor. My yeah, goodness. Who, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit because because he is a voiceover actor. He's he's, he, he he's is. a famous voiceover actor, but he he is very much it's as someone who wrote on a show that he he where he voiced a character. It is very much his passion, and he's not like a dabbler. Like like I I admit that I didn't realize Sarah Michelle Geller was in this, and I thought, oh, this is kind of kind of strange. Uh, a, a little bit of a little bit of strange casting. I thought she delivered. It's just she's not someone who I think of. But but he is a voiceover actor. He just no, happens no, to I, be a famous voiceover I, actor. He's also a famous on screen actor too. I mean, there's no denying that. But you're right. He has so many VO credits. It's hard not to think of him that way. Um, but he's also, also like I would still call him a celebrity though. Yeah, yeah, of course. But but also in the last like twenty years. His resume is mainly yeah. voiceover, it's and true. then and then like other than when he's like cameoing in something. So so he he to me is is a voiceover actor. He's not he's not a, a dabbler. But to to the point though, some of the other actors who we've either seen or about to see, uh, you've got Justin Long, you've got Liam Cunningham who is Davos from Game of Thrones, you have Henry Rollins, Stephen Root, Dennis Haysbert. You know, uh, and then you a get lot of these people are not in the pilot, by the way. So they you're are naming, not, but I'm you're naming a lot of people not in the pilot. Uh, that's fine. Uh, some some of them are Liam Cunningham is man at arms, you know, so yeah. he is in the pilot. But you're right. But it's to this point, though, there is a nice celebrity uh, voice cast that they brought together. And I think uh, having I've seen it all. And I really think that everybody they bring in really does deliver um, uh, uh deliver the goods in their roles. It's not just like stunt casting. Um, but, you know, looking at the full thing laid out for me now, you do have some of the other classics. The big thing I bring this up is, is because uh, Alan Oppenheimer, who is the original voice of Skeletor from the 1980s, obviously not playing Skeletor here, but they brought him in to play Moss Man, who makes a very brief appearance towards the end of this episode before mm -hmm. getting absolutely obliterated. Uh, and you could really hear it if you know what to look for there. Uh, very, very, very fun <laughs> that they brought him back to play this role on this show. Yeah, again, that was another, that was sort of, that was a death that I was like, oh shit. And then I was sort of immediately over it because they introduced him so quickly and killed him so quickly that there was no, yeah, I guess I just didn't have an emotional connection to it. I think that they were relying too heavily on 
on people's sort of nostalgia factor that Absolutely. they said like, no, people will remember him. They'll care that he died because they'll remember him from the original versus saying, okay, let's make this sort of a self-contained thing that, that, you know, like people, people care that he died because, oh, he's, he's sort of this wise old spirit thing. Uh, and also, again, like, you know, again, I like I like what they did. I like that they gave each character a thing. But, you know, the moment where, the, you know, Tila says, like, well, why why did you bring us here, sorceress? And she goes, because I wanted to see you one last time. And, and Tila goes, me? And then you go, oh, okay, she's, she's her mom. They made a whole big deal about how she, you know, was like an orphan and blah, blah, blah. They, mm-hmm. they were obviously hitting on it for that. Uh, uh. And I like that they didn't, you know, force feed it to you, but it was one of those things where I'm like, do I, do I care if the sorceress dies? Do I like, is this, am I supposed to be emotionally invested in any of this? Uh, And it's just the nature of sort of where they started it because they, because they did decide to start it with this big inciting incident. But if they had just spent a little bit more time setting some things up even even seeing the sorceress before all of this happened you know maybe like just seeing some of her wisdom versus saying like ah, everyone knows who the sorceress is let's just get to it Mm -hmm. uh yeah not 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 a fan of that that writing basically interesting i i I hear what you're saying i 100 do and i just think you want this episode to be something other than what it is or maybe you just don't like what it is and wish no, i want a well-written episode of tv <laughs> like i i love the way it was written i love the way they had those nostalgia beats in there and i love the way that i think it, it kind of culminates purely on nostalgia i think you're you're being driven purely on nostalgia i think that's why you liked it i'm looking at it as like a technical standpoint of writing this is technically bad writing like See, this is I not this is the equivalent of when I watch a wrestling match and, and I get very unhappy <laughs> and Mr. Robert Clark Chan be like, oh, they did this and they did this. And I said, the psychology was all wrong. They did everything <laughs> psychologically. And I think, Gina, this is the bridge. Uh, and I think I understand where you are coming from uh, as a technical artist in this field. Um, and, and, and I, not being that, made me feel different things because I didn't worry so much about about the, the 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 skeleton of it per se. But here's the thing: I went in really assuming I was going to love it and really wanting mm. to love it because I love again I love all the individual pieces of it. Sure. Uh, but but yeah, like to me, this is this is this was not this was this was an outline that you that you write in a room with a bunch of writers that then a good writer goes off and fills in the shading and there's no shading in this. There's no, you don't get to live with any of the characters. You don't get any like nice character moments. You know, it's just, they, they, I, I, it was, it was lacking. I would disagree only in that you don't get a lot of them. I do think the moment at the end where Tila rejects being the man at arms, I think that is a nice character moment for her. In the and last it shows two the- minutes of the episode. Yeah, but I mean, about? at least at least we got one. <laughs> Ooh, so I mean, when I'm we not get to we that get point of them. and I tell you that I didn't care for it, that's going to be real fun. Oh boy, well let's get there. So we have a big old fight <laughs> that happens between Skeletor, He-Man, Evelyn, Orko, man at arms, everybody's brawling and there's a really great moment where Skeletor finally gets impaled by the power sword. He-Man sticks him 
And there's a fun moment where Skeletor says, you finally, and making a joke about the 80s TV show, you finally use that sword how it was meant to be used. Then he turns that on its ear by saying, as the key to the castle, you sh- you stuck the sword through me and into the lock, thus opening the magical power within. It was a fun <laughs> moment. I appreciated it as a fan of the 80s show. <coughs> at, at which point we get an orb that has all the magic in all the universe. And of course, Skeletor's like, I'm going to break that. Causing the sorceress to stop time. And she says, I just wanted to see all of you. I mean, Tila, I mean all of you for just one last moment. Uh, before all of creation is ended because all the magic is about to flood through here without restraint and blow us all out. He-Man says, what if I just powered up using the power of Grayskull while already being He-Man? And he says, well, I'm in this form. And Tila's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I appreciated that too. No, because what happens is... uh... Could absorb the blast and save the universe, yes. But He-Man... You would have to be wielding it. The power of that much magical energy will kill anybody, even you. Uh, that was Tila saying the power would kill anybody. But uh, how the fuck does she know that? It's a good point. I guess she's how making she an assumption know- right there. The all of a sudden she's a fucking expert on how the <laughs> magic of the universe functions and the sword of this dude that she doesn't even know. What the f? Seems uh, a little bit sketch. That was one of those things uh, that's just sort of like, like I was saying, like it feels like all plot and no character. What the fuck business does that character have knowing that information? Um, there's a, um, you'd think, you would think that all of the puns in the show would have made me happy. They don't. They that's very a lot much of them don't. Too. That's and wild. I, I like, there's there was a specific point I think where also I was like what okay that's that that's enough of that um, oh <laughs> wow. this one sorry sorceress I'm not clawful but I can be what that was fun that was real fun why I'm not why clawful would... but I can be awful why yeah. would she say she that because she was clawful when she was disguising herself yeah no She's I got announcing, that part. I'm not awful <laughs> I but see I can the be awful pieces. and that's when she blasts her and I see that's you putting Chan. it this together is, right there I don't know how you missed why all. would you do that um <laughs> and that was after a string of them that I was just like this is the the tone doesn't make any sense like uh uh if you're gonna like serious it up then you have to get rid of some of that stuff or reintroduce it in a new context but doing it as as like in uh stick around you know, kind of '80s action hero uh, toss off is is some bullshit. Wow, Chan mm. doesn't like the puns. This is a, this is not a, an angle I was expecting on this episode. I'm not going right? to lie. I'm coming at you from a lot of different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. See after like 20 years of doing this show with y'all, there's still something new to learn, and I yeah. think that's exciting. Oh, the uh, kinds well, of hate that I can bring. I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna give you different colors off my hate palette. <laughs> I, I knew there. I know that's a big palette. Trust me, you have all the colors in the crayon box of hate. You paint with all the colors of your hate. <laughs> so He Man ends up absorbing this magical blast. The sword splits in half. Skeletor grabs his arm at the last second. Is like, I'm coming too. I guess they all get just both blown out. Big old boom. He Man gone. Skeletor gone. All the magic is now like the, the 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 tap, you know, the hose of magic has now been cut off. And so magic is no longer dumping into Eternia. So you got to ration that stuff. And we cut back to the king's throne room where they get the report of what's going on. 
King Randor is pissed because he finds out his son is He-Man. Man-at-Arms knew and didn't tell him. So he uh, banishes Man-at-Arms, says, if you ever come back here again, you'll be murdered. And he's like, Tila, we need you to take us into a bold and new generation. And Tila's like, fuck all y'all bitches. I'm out. Uh, throws her her your tiara down, drops the long hair, and is just like, I'm, I'm deuces here. She quits. Everybody's staring at each other being like, what the heck happens now? This is crazy. And credits, and I'm ready for the next episode. But apparently I'm the only one. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the fact that she was all of a sudden like, oh, I can't believe all of these lies that you're telling me I quit. Uh, like what? Why? Like everybody I mean, she just found four... out. She found out every person she trusted in her entire life. Chan has been holding secrets from her, and pretty big ones at that. That could have made a difference in her life. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, stuff that sort of makes sense. Yeah, like it's not earned, is what you're saying. Because yeah, it's not, like fucking... it, because the writing is not good. That's that's what I'm saying. It's not nothing is nothing is earned. If they had spent a little bit more time, uh, you know, on 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 something, on some sort of then then her decision would feel like okay, yeah. I, I get this. If you know, if they had written in something where it's like she's super. It, like it because she's an orphan. It took her a long time to trust people, but yeah, they feel yeah. they feel like her family, and like you know they're the they're the only family she's ever known, and it took her a while to trust them. But but now she has, and then you shatter that trust. Then you understand it. I'm I'm again. I'm just saying like this feels like an outline that was given to sort of a an amateur writer, and they were like, okay, got mm. it. So. Uh, like magic goes away they go back she finds out she quits and it's like great that's the outline but you need to put in some shades in there interesting yeah. interesting i guess i guess maybe it's my nostalgia talking because I, I, fe I it felt real to me it felt like it was a twist on where i thought it was gonna go and it perfectly like opens the door for what the rest of this series is going to be which is, you know, it's very going to be very episodic as we just kind of go one station to the next station and 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 nomadically through this post-apocalyptic, you know, it's basically Eternia becomes like a post-apocalyptic Fist of the North Star style show uh, at this point where we see sort of like where the other characters go after this incident as well. And it sort of becomes a, a what happens next kind of a situation. And it's that kind of storytelling. And I'm, I'm interested then to see if you're going to uh, like or appreciate what's going to happen going forward because of uh, uh, all this is now the preamble and now we're into the meat of what this show is. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I just want to point out the fact that like, I don't, I don't even think you're like, you don't even seem to be arguing that it's good. It's good writing. You seem to be arguing that like, Oh, now I see where this is going. And it was the opposite of what I expected. But and again, I'm not saying don't end the episode with Tila quitting. I'm saying you need to like I agree with Chan. You need to earn that and and set and set up some backstory of why she feels so betrayed versus just you know like getting going from from zero to sixty when she finds out that they that they knew something that she didn't. It's it's not it's not earned. Interesting. I mean, and look, now I, that I see, I, yeah, go ahead, now that I have to watch this, uh, I I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and say like, okay, you know what? Maybe there's going to be something later, which is like, you know what? I uh, like 
I told T-Man and Confidence about, you know, the first time I got a period and like it was super <laughs> embarrassing. And then oh, yeah, that's uh, happening, Chan. And, and now, you know, like uh, to find out that it was actually Prince Adam the whole time. That's fucked up. Um, I'm, I'm willing to uh, uh, give them the leeway to uh, um, to do that in later episodes. Uh, but again, if uh, if that hadn't happened, I would not have bothered to keep going because That's of the way so it was written. interesting to me about this is because this episode is most assuredly not a complete thought. And I yeah. don't think it was ever intended to be one, uh, given that the format of Netflix and how they do things. So it is Again, interesting not, to me to hear not, this. But you you're you're saying given the format of Netflix and how they do things, there are well written Netflix shows. Like that's not that are that have fully contained episodes. Like also if, if you're gonna not, be if you're going to make it uh, deliberately incomplete or whatever, then just make and because you have no time limits, make episode one 55 minutes yeah. and then make all the rest of the episodes 29 or 24 I mean, or whatever you want. That's an interesting take. Not I, I don't know that I would have uh, liked that as much. I feel like it would have become really slow and plotting at that point, And I love the pacing of this, how it doesn't give you a chance to breathe. I just think and- you have no attention span. <laughs> Well, is that you just because you watched Don't in? Breathe this weekend, Ray? Is that why this whole <laughs> not breathing thing? I did watch Don't or... Breathe this weekend, and it was I know. wonderful. Uh, uh, because I went to go see G.I. Joe Snake Eyes in theaters uh, uh, <laughs> a week ago. And and it saw an ad. I saw I saw a poster for Don't Breathe Two, and I'm like, that looks interesting. And then there was a trailer for Don't Breathe Two, and I said, that looks super interesting. <laughs> what the f is Don't Breathe One? I don't know. Found out we could rent it when we got home that night. Rented it, and it is a perfectly acceptable suspense movie with only one moment of torture porn. So <laughs> I, I'll take it. I'll take it. <clears throat> Perfectly acceptable thriller. He'll take it. (laughs) I will. I'll take a lot, it turns out. (laughs) I I am going to posit that if this was a pilot episode of a random cartoon that we had watched and not He-Man, that Ray would not have liked it. I guarantee you are correct because I think that this plays off of, again, you say it, it plays off our nostalgia. It plays off our expectations and it plays off of our knowledge of at least a basic idea of who these people are and what their relationships are walking in the door. It doesn't bother to take the time to set a lot of that up because it assumes the audience already knows it. That's not, you're making a lot of assumptions and I guarantee you no executive was like, oh yeah, every er, like you you can just write a crappy episode because everyone knows all these characters. Yeah. It's, it's not. I, I'm I'm glad that Chan, uh, uh, who seems to dislike it more than I did, because again, I thought it had Sam. all the ingredients, but no chef to put them together. So interesting. Uh, I, I, I didn't Chan think it was. I didn't think it, it was but. poorly written like you did. It was just. It was just different. And and like I say, I expected it to be one thing. I got something totally else, but was completely fine with what I was served. It's like when the, when the waiter brings you the wrong dish, but it's pretty good. So you're just like, yeah, I'm glad I tried this today. No, this is the waiter brings you a dish and it's like a can of soup and then like everything to make a really glorious salad, but he refuses to actually put it together. (laughs) I will say that I came in wanting to like it because I heard that the neckbeards hated it. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, obviously, you know, if they're going to make Tila the uh, the lead instead of He-Man, like, I don't care for He-Man. 
Like, I'm sorry. I think it's a weird um, pre-adolescent power fantasy that uh, uh, only functions in the 80s because it was so, like, weird and almost surreal and, like, a real 70s vibe to it. And it was, like, goofy. Um, Like, if you try and make this thing serious, it's just about a dude doing roids. And I'm not really (laughs) into that. Um, So, like, uh, I was like, yeah, let's let's see some female... uh, uh lead characters and let's go somewhere else with it and then what i got was uh oh it's uh kevin smith just uh being super nostalgic yeah interesting i I actually would have liked it if they they had if they had leaned more into the nostalgia i think i would how could they have leaned more into the nostalgia with with more writing i'm telling you this is the most underwritten pilot that i've seen that's intended for adults in a long long time Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we're going to leave it at that because we will come back. We don't have to have we, much like episode one. We don't have to complete our thoughts on this right now. <laughs> we have other episodes <laughs> that we can go through and I'm we will be able at the hoping, end of it all. I'm very yes. much hoping it, it gets better. I'm hoping that this was just sort of a prologue that people just don't know how to write pilots and and thought like, all right, well, let's just get the let's just poop the pilot out and then get on to like the actual meal of it. Like that, that Steve. is what I'm hoping for. Cause I was, I was looking forward to this. I enjoy everyone involved. Uh, and again, all the, all the ingredients are there. Well, I don't think it was ever a pilot though. I believe that Kevin Smith pitched this. They bought it and he wrote all five episodes sort of as one, one idea, you know? Um, yeah, that, that's how, that's how every Netflix show is because when you pitch them, you have to pitch three seasons at a time. That doesn't mean you don't still have to write a pilot for it. <laughs> Like that's, that's even I, if you're I, Kevin I, Smith, I, you I don't hate, take it on I faith hate, if you're Kevin Smith. I hate that you're. I hate that you are looking at this. This is like this is like if I watched wrestling, maybe and it was like a really <laughs> bad wrestling match. And uh, you know what? It, this this would be like if I watched wrestling and all of a sudden like the wrestlers like just didn't wrestle and they were just like sort of you know like playing a, a game of stratego in the middle of the ring and i said no it's not bad wrestling it's just different ray you know you're describing the hell in the cell match right now <laughs> there's some stuff i can think of it was exactly yeah. like that and now yeah. i very much want to get you on uh, ae double back and just oh have you watch an episode with oh no with, with no background and just <laughs> just see what you think I, I would love to just, you know, you guys each handpick a match and we watch it together and we talk about the beats of the match, but it's all literally like hell in the cell or very avant-garde non-wrestling stuff. I and hope I make me talk about you. It. I hope I infuriate you with my takes and I hope that I say something like, oh, it's not, yeah. it's not not wrestling. And, and, and then I hope it turns out that we actually had turned off wrestling and we're watching an old episode of Perry Mason, but I insist <laughs> that it's still wrestling, but it's just different <laughs> wrestling than what you expect. I love it. Cause that's right, how Gina. I feel right now when you're, you're saying you don't need to write a pilot. It's not, mm-hmm. no, he wrote it with a, like, Oh, he wrote all five. Obviously, at once. People need to write pilots. My question is if you're Kevin Smith pitching a He-Man cartoon to Netflix, I don't think they made him write one pilot and then come back to like, you know, get notes on it and try to try to sell it based on the pilot. I think he sold the idea and came back later. You're describing how every show at Netflix works. You pitch them three seasons at a time. You pitch them the arcs. 
but you still have to write each you still have to write each script even if you're writing all the scripts at the same time which by the way is how a lot of shows work you still have to write a script a that that has a beginning middle and end listen all i heard was you telling me i was right in my assumption and that's really <laughs> all i needed to hear going forward all i was thinking about was showing both of you the uh chris jericho <laughs> nick gage match from a couple weeks ago the and pizza cutter uh, match how, huh yeah. Pizza cutter yeah, yeah. match? Oh, Jesus. Have you seen it? I've heard about it. No, I've heard about it. <laughs> I, I know Aww. the name Jericho. I didn't realize he was still, he must be Don't super old by now. He I is. Mean, that and he's still getting it done. A lot of people. True. Is the suicide guy still, still, is the suicide squad guy still a wrestler? Suicide They're all still wrestlers. John, John Cena, Cena, I think you're talking uh, about. And yeah, John Cena and The Rock come back and do WrestleMania like all the time. So uh, I mean, he's actually is... coming back full time, I think, real soon. But he's yeah, okay. he's working on his solo movie, his, James well, Gunn, the, his solo movie of James Gunn. Uh, the no, he's Peace doing Maker a series. TV show. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And I'm here for it. Look, after seeing him, uh, loving him in Fast Nine, loving him in Suicide Squad, I'm ready for whatever John Cena has next. I will watch anything. Excuse he's me. In. I'm excuse happy. me. It's it's the Suicide Squad. Thank you very much. Oh, excuse me, Sarah the, Michelle Gellar. The first one was was Suicide Squad. James I'm going to send you he so is the best improviser he's ever worked with in his life. John Cena. Yeah. He said he's the, he said like, cause they're working on the TV show and he said, he's the best, he's the best uh, improviser I've ever seen. It's and honestly, I could see it. That, I love that dude. Not surprising. Here's the deal. It's not surprising when wrestlers uh, can do improv pretty good because a lot of the time when you're in the ring, you're doing, uh, you're, you're improvising the match while you're getting punched in the face. So it makes sense to me that uh, he would be pretty good at it, honestly. Yeah, he's pretty talented. It's very funny. I'm a big yeah, John Cena fan now. has been knowing as half the Cena cast. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to knowing as half the Cena. I love it. Anyway, guys, that's our episode. Masters of the Universe. We're going to try to blow through them all. Uh, uh, I think it sounds like a fun thing to do. Uh, if I'm just going to get der- derisively attacked every episode, I you think will. we got a winning formula on our hands. Because I'll tell you, I liked every single one of these episodes, and I am prepared to get bludgeoned to death by these two, <laughs> these two delightful people. I'm confident it'll get better when, when whoever writes the scripts learns how to write TV. I believe Kevin Smith only wrote this pilot. It was the other four episodes were written by other writers. If I remember yeah. my credits correctly. So yeah, then, you know. that, then that I have, I have confidence that they'll, they'll get stronger. Yeah. I, 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 here's the deal. I don't have vivid memories of every episode because it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but I remember genuinely enjoying each one uh, on its own merits, but we'll see where we go. Hey guys, here's how you can get a hold of us and do stuff. You can always go to facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Join the Facebook group of knowing is half the podcast. Why not? You can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Welcome to all our new patrons. Like I said before, we got a, three new patrons just like in the last week, uh, uh two wow. weeks at this point since we were Thanks, this. everybody. Yeah, and come on by. We'll see our live shows. We're going to do more Find Your Fate episodes of the, the Choose Your Own Adventure books. We're going to put them here on the main feed. We'll still continue to take your suggestions about other shows to watch. Kids Songs was suggested by one of our patrons, Channing Sherman. And so, you know, we do listen. We do want to make a show that you guys want to listen to. And we appreciate every single one of you for being a part of it. So thank you uh, for that. So you can go to patreon.com slash knowing us the podcast for five bucks a month, get you all access to the super secret vault and everything else that you might want to see in there. All the episodes we've ever done to the show that are not on the feed, 
Trust me, if you've enjoyed the show, you just started listening and you want a lot more content than the impressive amount we've already offered you on the feed, there's like triple, quadruple the amount of episodes that you can go listen to. Oh my God, it's sad to say, but it's true. You can go listen to in the vault right now. We're getting close to 500 right now, which is a little bit terrifying. Also, if you listen to every episode, there are clues in there that will lead you uh, to something, some sort of treasure. Are we, are we, are we letting the cat out of the bag on that? <laughs> all right. Yeah, there are, you know, there are clues sprinkled, not in every episode, but in some episodes, there are clues. There is a buried treasure. And if you listen to all 500 episodes, you should, if you can put them together, have the clues to find the treasure. Yeah. It's like, it's like if anyone watched all of Gravity Falls, uh, there's mm-hmm. some, some weird shit in Gravity Falls. You know, some we were going to wait clues. until. We talked, I mean, honestly, we talked in our chat that we were going to reveal this in December, closer to Christmas time. <laughs> but again, I didn't put a picture of Zachary Levi in front of it. Not even Zachary Kinto. Like, we didn't get any of the Zacharys in there at all. And oh, I'm just no. disappointed in myself right now because Gina obviously did not get that There's, There's got to be somewhere online of Zachary Levi eating a spaghetti sandwich. Who eats this? What even? Is, you know, I let this pass earlier. Just spaghetti sandwich. <laughs> what the f are we talking about here? Spaghetti. What the fuck not do you think it is? It's exactly what it sounds like. An abomination. That's what it sounds like. No, I'm gonna put it in the chat right now, so you please can don't. See it, and I guarantee no. you, no. you're going to immediately want to get it. Mm. No, I'm not interested. I I love spaghetti. I love pasta. No, I love sandwiches. Putting them together. That's immoral. No, that it's is against usually, the Lord. You usually use like garlic bread and you there was a great place in noho that used to make a really good spaghetti sandwich yeah uh, used to went out of they business don't exist gross. anymore that sounds no yeah, it's you know. i don't live yeah. around there anymore grilled uh, spaghetti sandwich just want great. you to know that uh i'm going to new york uh in a few weeks i'll be Ugh, there for a month gross. and i'm probably going to be complaining about the food every single day most of it is going to be uh aimed at you gina uh as i go through all of these things that you keep talking about that sound horrible. I'm going to try it and report back <laughs> with how horrible it is. I love it. Why? Uh, wait a minute. You said most is it, Gina. Why is some of it coming at me at all? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's actually the rest of it's going to Royce uh, Shockley, okay. who okay, uh, loves uh, East Coast Chinese food. And I mean, that's just that's I'm going to have words. I, I, I actually conceded. I conceded to you after after I lived in New York for Murphy Brown for those five or six months. I conceded that uh, uh, you are correct about the Chinese food. And I was wow. going to leave it at that. Then you brought up spaghetti sandwich. Jesus Christ. You brought this First on of yourself, all, I Gina. only got a spaghetti Man. sandwich out here. I don't even know if they make it on the East Coast. So that's not that a thing. That sounds that like a can... New Jersey thing. How I mean, could that you not would be think, a New Jersey but I thing? Only, I only discovered them once I moved out here. But, I'm but looking up spaghetti sandwich and I'm going to find out. The, uh, that the Chinese food is much greasier on the East Coast. And I don't. Mm, and I, I didn't like care for it this last time. Although I will say. Every place has scallion pancakes, and out here, that doesn't seem to be a thing. I've never even heard of that before. Oh, they're great. They're like my number one thing. Nope. Uh, but, yeah, much greasier. So you can't – and also, I hate New York, so if you're complaining the whole time, I'm just going to consider it a victory. You're from New York. No, oh my God. I'm going to come – I'm going <laughs> like, to oh, drive to your house, and He's I'm going to murder your – I'm not Jersey's even going to murder like you. Jersey's like New York light, right? your entire the, family first. My God. And then my I'm understanding gonna is live, that – I'm going to let you live with it for like a week, and then I'm going to no murder difference. you. There's no difference. It's just like, uh, like, like New Jersey is just like uh, people who are insecure about living in New York. I'm going to like murder them 
in front of you also or or you'll wake up and their bodies will be in your bed (laughs) new jersey is basically like the san fernando valley of uh okay yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. this this makes a lot of sense oh my god whereas the san fernando valley is like hollywood uh but the porn version of it uh right new jersey is like the porn version of oh i hate both of you so much the the, the dialogue's all wooden uh nobody knows how to act i'm gonna invent time travel just to tell myself not to ever get on this podcast with you guys. all the fluids are awful i'm not gonna utilize it for anything else i'm gonna invent (laughs) i'm gonna spend the rest of my life inventing time travel to tell myself not to join this podcast (laughs) The problem, though, is you're not going to believe yourself, and then both of you are going to have to come on. So we're going to have two Gina's on the podcast instead of one that are they're both arguing with each other about everything. It actually might be a better show now that I think about it. Okay, here's the thing: if if people if people uh, get the two hundred dollar tier of Patreon, right. once I invent time travel, I will come on the podcast and kiss myself. Should we tell okay. Gina that we've already passed the two hundred dollar mark on Patreon? Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, thank you to our new I subscribers. Mean the tears, the tears. <laughs> yeah, yes, there will be tears. I'm sure. You, who <laughs> wants to kiss themselves other than Tom Hiddleston? I guess, and that's fine. It's he does what he wants to do. Uh, seems, but, seems weird, you know, but he's into it. Um, anyway, if you want to reach out to the show as we were in the middle of doing, you can always. Check oh, you were out trying to end the show? Nah, to. I don't think so. I got stuff to do. At uh, shockingly, because I shouldn't. Uh, at GI Joe Podcast on Twitter, but individually, you can hit me up. I am at Almighty Ray. At nine hundred nine NRPMs. I'm at Spaghetti Sandwich. That is gross. <laughs> and if you did change your handle to Spaghetti Sandwich, I would respect it, but I would not like it. <laughs> Put that out there. All right, I'm going to go watch some Pizza Cutter wrestling match now. (laughs) Get ready, because next week, more G.I. Joe Extreme, and then after that, episode two, Masters of the Universe Revelation. You're here for it. It's 80s. It's now. It's knowing it's half the podcast. And the only thing that stands in their way is Prince Adam, who defends the secrets of Castle Grayskull as He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only four others share this secret. Guardians of Greyskull all. Amidst an army of the honorable, committed to guarding Castle Greyskull from the havoc of destruction. For those who control Greyskull control the power. The power to be masters of the universe! Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. Or, I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it. And we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast? Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get. Inside Hollywood info, like how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? You get great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates like when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade. Listen up, because breakfast is the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope, available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.